Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Let's go Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Edmonton on Friday night to take on Chris Jones, that vaunted defensive system, and the Edmonton Elks to my virtual right. As always, the legendary, the GOAT, the greatest offensive lineman to ever play in the league, Chris Walby. No. What's going on, Bluto? How you been, man? Yeah, you well, I appreciate that, but I tell you what, it's, it's pretty good. No, I, I tell you what, it's been a great week. Uh, my wife just got back from Germany. So I had to pick her up yesterday, and uh, so she's happy. So we're just getting everything organized again now. And now it's kind of a fun game where um, a lot of guys would think about the Edmonton Elks thinking this is just a bingo spot, you know, it's a free pass. But they've made a lot of changes. Uh, I know that they're trying to uh, improve the way they've been playing. Uh, But you can never take a Chris Jones team lightly, especially at home. They haven't won a game at home this year. I don't think they've won a game in the last couple years at home. Yeah, it's like ugly. Yeah, 17, 18 games or something. So, I mean, I know they want to change that. Uh, you know, obviously with uh, Taylor Cornelius playing right now, they, I know it's funny because the guys were talking on that and when we know about they're going, yeah, listen, the Bombers, you know, they beat the Bombers in preseason. Are you kidding me? Give you a head of scratch. Not nobody played for the Bombers. Zach didn't play. None of these guys played. Now, I will say this now, DB, mm-hmm. the fact that uh, Jackson, Jeff Coates out is a big plus for them. But the bigger one is for me is the go-to guy who was number one in the CFL on second down conversions, Greg Ellingson, who leads the CFL in receiving and touches, uh, catches. So, I mean, that's a a huge loss with the hip injury. So uh, we'll have to see how they uh, fill that gap. Yeah, it could be Rasheed Bailey. It could be the breakout uh, player and receiver in last week's win wow. at home over Calgary in Carlton Agadosi, 6'6", 220. And the way he's able to elevate and get footballs brings a whole different dynamic to the Blue Bombers receiving core. But Friday yeah. night in Edmonton, Chris, we're going to see Tavares Harrison. He'll be wearing yes. number 81. He comes into the lineup and he's listed on the Blue Bombers depth chart as the backup to Janarian Grant. Maybe we're going to see a little bit of Janarian Grant in a more traditional receiver role where he's running downfield, you know, uh, running regular routes, kind of like a Greg Ellingson or a Dalton Schoen. Well, I think you're going to see him, but I think they're going to utilize him more on quick screens to the pass, to the flat, try and get him one-on-one with the defender. Uh, he's got great speed. Obviously, you know what he can do when he returns kicks on special teams, but he's only got two catches for 16 yards. Very underutilized in that office, but really they got no place to put him. As you say, this is an opportunity for the young man to get uh, to showcase what he's got as a receiver. He's always wanted to be a bigger part of the offense. He's made a point of saying that in the offseason, that I want to be part of the offense. I don't want to be just known for a guy that returns kicks and kickoffs or punts. So to me, uh, yeah, that's going to be great. But, but I, the guy you talked about earlier, and I know you were waxing poetic on him last week, and I thought, okay, you know, DB, you're pretty good. You go watch practice all the time. You see this guy. <laughs> And wow, did he come as advertised for a guy that worked so hard for two years to try and get here, sent home, came back, and you're right, six six. So and you know, when you think about you put your hands up there, he's like a seven foot giant out there, and you're going against smaller five, ten, six foot uh, you know, DBs. Uh Zach took advantage of that twice in the end zone. He just went up and got the ball. And you said one thing that I will say, and I gotta concur on this. Great soft hands. Blown away how soft his hands were. Like, I mean, this guy, you thought he would have nerves, nothing of the sort. To me, uh, he came as you advertised, and I was blown away. So, uh, yeah, good for the kid to get a chance. I don't think you're taking him out of the lineup now. He's a big playmaker. You know, I, I agree. You know, of course, when Nick Dembski comes back, they're going to find a way to get him in the lineup. Oh, yeah. We still haven't seen a lot from Rashid Bailey, and, you know, he spoke this week uh, to the media here in Winnipeg and talked about, you know, it's coming 
you know, he's not worried about the individual numbers. He has that Mike O'Shea, Winnipeg Blue Bombers mentality down pat. It's about getting W's, which the Blue Bombers have done in each of their six games this year. Um, it, it could be Rashid Bailey, you know, finally finding his way. They're moving him around a little bit. He's He's been yep. playing at that X receiver spot. That's that like top receiver spot where Kenny Lawler played a lot of 2021 here in Winnipeg. Um, excited to see Kenny Lawler on Friday against his former team. Um, But Bailey now being moved back to slot, being used in different ways. They're really, you could see it against Calgary, Chris. They're trying to get Rashid Bailey with the ball in his hands in some space. I don't see him as a vertical receiver. I see him as more of that across the middle possession receiver. He's more of a power receiver than a speed receiver, right? So you know, it's, I think it's weird you say that because I actually thought, and that's a great comparison. I think he's like a Greg Ellingson, mm-hmm. but you know the fact that he is not a guy that's going to blow blow you away with his speed. Yeah, uh, but he finds openings. He understands now. He's playing a different position. He used to play slot. He used to be able to take off on the ball. You know, now he's going to line up and you know go from a, a straight end, you know, snap position. Um, but I think you know what it might be Rashid Bailey's breakout game of the year only 18 catches very underutilized but again the culture the bombers have created it's never about me it's right. about the team there's no i in team that's how they feel eh? i mean Bailey goes hey i'll do whatever it takes if i get one catch a game and we win who cares it's all about you know the w and that's, that's something that the mantra that these t- this team has done for since day one that michael shea came and i was listening to chris jones today mm-hmm. and i don't know if it was a plea but I found it very interesting. He said, you know, a couple of years ago, they were going to run Michael O'Shea out of town. Look what happened. And I almost think yeah. he's saying that, hey, don't get all jacked on me right now because we're not winning. I will turn this franchise around. I will be much a.k.a. Michael O'Shea. So right. it's interesting how people put little antidotes in there and you kind of read between the lines. Well, we do got to remember the Edmonton Elks did come away with a victory last week. They are two and four on the yes. season. Of course, they beat a team in Montreal that fired their defensive coordinator, Baron Miles, fired their head coach, oh uh, Kahari Jones, and uh, has some instability at quarterback, even with Trevor Harris, um, you know, healthy and, and, and playing right now. They put in Matthew Schiltz, uh, Vernon Adams, kind of biding his time, waiting for that other opportunity after not getting really, a, 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 in my opinion, was, a fair enough crazy? look in Montreal. He got hooked in the first after three, I think three series or not even three series. Uh, they like Trevor Harris, yeah. but that was Kahari. Listen, Danny Machocho, he's different, man. He, you know, he likes his own players. He likes his own guys. But you know, they talked about Kahari, and I'm going to stick up for Kahari. I mean, great player, great guy, great ambassador league. I'm glad, happy he's at Hamilton now, uh, as a, you know, as a, as a representative of the Tie Cats player rep. Uh, but the thing is that I like is, I think Danny Machocho knew that he was going to take this team over. But then I watched him, and that Sutton did. Uh, no, the, the, he got three PIs, and they said, and I thought that guy's gone. That's usually a roadmap on an apple, and uh, he he stayed on. And they actually put a, a, an article next day saying that we believe Sutton can still fill this job. But the penalties, they had almost two hundred yards in penalties, and yeah. that, that was the thing they were going after Kahari for. They said lack of discipline. Well, they just set a record. I mean, that was the highest penalties they've taken all year. So. Is Danny Machocho going to clean out? You can't. You only got a limited amount of players you got to put in there. So, well, when uh, you have a discipline problem in a locker room, and I don't mean yeah. off the field, I mean on the field, taking offsides, taking holdings, taking uh, objectionable conducts, and, and roughing penalties, all, yep. all of that. Uh, yeah. What can be done about it? Like it, it happened to Kahari Jones and the Montreal Alouettes for a lot more than this season. Uh, it happened to uh, the Edmonton Elks in, in their previous regime prior to Chris Jones. They led the league. Uh, in penalties, what can you do when you got the same guys in the room but different leadership to fix That's that? A, that is the hardest thing to be. You have to have, and you hit on the head. You have to have leaders. You have to have guys. I mean, you always see when a team has the in-house meetings where nobody's allowed, the coaches aren't allowed, and it's called a venting session. Everybody just vents about what's going on. We're going to vent. Let's get this thing straight and let's get our ship on the right path. But having said that, I mean. You look at that Montreal team, and then I look at what's going on in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the alleged spit, but we did see the helmet by Duke Williams. Well, it'll be a uh, third he, instance he, of an alleged spit, got, right? Brandon Alexander in the playoffs, Sean Lemon in the playoffs. Well, look, you got, you got now the, this. 
You got the Marino kid kicked for four games uh, for the terrible hit on, on, on Mazzoli in Ottawa. Now you got this guy, Duke. You know, he uh, allegedly split. We don't know. But he did take the helmet off and try. And I think I believe it was Shaq Richardson. Uh, and, and so he got a game. Another guy got kicked out for, uh, I guess, uh, unsportsmanlike talk to the official. What's going on in in, in Ryderville? That's well, what... let, let alone the boneheaded comments by Ryder's head coach, Craig Dickinson, oh, by their play-by-play God. guy uh, yeah. in Regina. Both of them making, frankly, idiotic comments about race. And, you know, well, Garrett Marino can't be racist because his, his girlfriend is. Yeah, like, yeah, ridiculous. I know what you're talking about. But, I digress. They've since, you know, uh, tried to correct themselves on that. But no, it's no. an absolute fiasco in Saskatchewan. Bombers That's fans it. are happy, Chris. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to the game at hand here on Game Day Winnipeg. Thanks to everybody who's joining us live on YouTube yep. and Facebook. Um, expecting a bunch of people to pop over uh, in just a minute from uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. I Love the comments. Say, I, go maybe, ahead, Chris. Yeah. I, I just want to say one more thing about Ryderville. We'll let Ryderville go back to the banjos. Um, the whole thing about now this COVID thing, right? They've moved the game back to Sunday because 10 players, including players and coaches, have tested positive. No Cody Fajardo on the field today. Form of COVID. We don't know if it's full-blown. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you're right. And so to me, uh, I guess I'm saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm wishing the best for those guys. I hope to get healthy. I want a healthy rider team. I'm not, you know, like we, we can talk all we want about discipline problems, and that has to be controlled by the coaches and stuff. And the players, the leaders, as you say. But also, when you get hit with something that you can't protect yourself from, that's where I draw the line. I go, hey, listen, guys, I, I'm not here for anybody. I'm not here to make fun of anybody. I'm here to say I want everybody to get healthy. You know what? If we play Saskatchewan, whatever game, I want us to be the healthiest and them to be the healthiest. It's it just weird. Like, Cody's playing with a bad way like right now. But you're right. Let's digress, as you say. Digress. We'll back up, up here, take two steps, like a waltz. And we will go back and talk about the Bombers. Absolutely. Yes, let's waltz back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, so I'll, 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 I'll finalize by saying this. Uh, okay. The good thing that they were able to do is move this game just one day from Saturday to Sunday uh, yeah. and not mess up the entire CFL schedule. It just didn't work with bye weeks and where teams are later in the year. It's good that they got that straightened out. Um, Chris, let's take a look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers depth chart for this yep. game in Edmonton. And of course, the biggest miss on defense is right here at defensive end opposite of Willie Jefferson. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat with a hip injury listed yep. as is out this week. Uh, did not practice, practice maybe just a little bit uh, this week. Uh, it, it was only one open to the media practice at yeah. IG Field. Cedric Wilcox will start. LB Mack uh, will suit up in place of Jackson Jeffcoat. Um, I don't see this as being a huge, huge hit to the Blue Bombers defense, not because of what Jefferson or, or Jackson Jeffcoat brings or doesn't yeah. bring, but just because there's so much other talent they can really kind of just survive on, on what they have outside of that. Do you, don't you agree? Yeah. I, I think that every time I look at the bombers, I mean, I thought the, the, you know, the DBs, the changes they had to have Alfred going and, you know, they pick up new guys, uh, you know, Demario Houston, Malcolm Thompson playing for Brandon Alexander. But yeah, when you talk about the defensive end, you know, people were saying again, Jackson Jeffcoat doesn't have a sack. Jackson has an interception. I know that he's got a bunch of tackles. He's still around. And so we, sometimes we get stuck in that stat problem. I don't like that. But somebody's misfortune is always a door opening for somebody else. What, what, you know, when you start getting like Cedric, what if Cedric Wilcox the second comes in here and just lights it up, much like Carlton Agadosi did on offense? Yeah. Makes the coaches tough. Now, listen, Bombers, God bless them. They got so much talent. They have such depth. And that goes to the credit of, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Walters, but more so the, the scouting. Danny McManus and the guys are out there picking these guys up. They're doing a great job of bringing guys in that fit this team, fit the culture. And it seems like every time they put it, somebody in, they rise to the occasion. It's not a letdown, as you say. It's one of those things where they just fit in and they contribute. So I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, uh, Cedric plays. Wilcox, I hope I want to see how he plays. But I also wonder, and I'm going to throw this at you, DB. Mm -hmm. Are the Bombers looking at Edmonton at their 1-4 and four schedule and going, you know what? 
This is a game we can afford to rest Jackson Jeffco. This yeah. is a game where I think I can rest Greg Ellingson. I don't want to say because that's like saying that they think they're just you know, it's like a bingo pass. You know where you where you press that what's in the middle. What do you call that thing in the middle of the bingo card? The free well, play, the free, kind of thing. free free space, yeah, free space. So you know, I I I don't think that's what they're thinking. I, at least I know they'll never admit that. But I also wonder if they're looking at the record, going, you know what, we're six and zero. We can afford to sit this guy. I want to see what, like you said, you said the Tavares Harrison. I don't know where he came from. Where, where was he? Uh, you do more research on this than I do. Well, new uh, new this season. And where's he out of? Do you know? Uh, I can pull it up here. Be nice to know. Uh, Tavares Harrison wears eighty-one. But I don't know. I don't here. Say, he's he is out of Florida Atlantic. Okay, Florida Atlantic got some good football players come out of there, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No doubt about it. Where did you find this depth chart? Oh, I've got my ways. <laughs> you got to share with me because I'm 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 like ready to tear a strip off the bombers right now because they never <laughs> post their depth charts until I'm sleeping. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to say this is nighttime. I'm not sleeping during the day, guys. I'm still young. But, <laughs> we were fixing vehicles today and the rest. Oh my god! So I get so angry. So now I have to go back find old depth charts and just change the names around. But yeah, anyway. Well, on offense, it, Tavares Harrison will back up uh, Janarian Grant, as you see yep. at that slot back on the left of your screen. Rashid Bailey still at the X. Walatarski, Al, uh, Agadosi, and, and Schoen still in the starting lineup. Uh, lots of people wondering who can contribute, especially with this Toronto-Saskatchewan game. Moved for a day. Team, uh, you know, fantasy yep. players playing it safe, Chris, uh, in ensuring that they get players that are going to play this week. So I think Agadosi is probably a hot one right now. I think Dalton Schoen, yes. with no yes. Greg Ellingson in the lineup, I think he's going to fill in that role and be that possession guy Zach Kolaris goes to. Well, he loves – they have a great relationship. We talked about this last game, uh, DB, that uh, uh, Dalton Schoen has just been a guy that has this quick rapport with, with, uh, with Zach Kolaris. I mean, obviously, Zach has the best connection right now with Greg Ellingson. I mean, Ellingson looks – he reads the defense so well. That's the experience of Ellingson. You know, I think he's a five-time 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, you know, he's won a great cup with Ottawa. Uh, and this is a guy that, you know, played with Zach and Hamilton for a short period of time. And obviously, he knows how to read the defense, and they're on the same page. But I do agree with you. I think Dalton Schoen could have a breakout. And I really think this Carlton Agadosi, he's going to be a. I think this kid, you know, from a, from a, a slot back position, a six foot six slot back. I mean, he could he could really be a big thing. I still well, think Grant's more a guy I throw you know quick hitches out to the you know to the to the sideline and try and get him one on one. You could try to get him, you know, blow the top off the defense. We got to remember. Yeah, you're well, right. You know, we'll, we'll we'll get through Edmonton's depth chart as well because they've got a lot of changes. This ten week. changes. Ten, well, no, yeah, ten one. changes, right? And and some players coming in, some coming out. Chris Jones plays a lot of games with his depth chart um, oh God, as far as where guys are lining up. But uh, let's pull it up here, actually. So this is Edmonton's depth chart for the yeah. game on Friday against Winnipeg. Uh, Hutter, a Canadian, will start at safety. Charles Nelson has been there. Yes, the same Charles Nelson as was a receiver and a kick returner in Winnipeg the last few seasons. Um, he's out of the lineup this week. Deron Carter. Oh, yes, he's played corner. He's played receiver. Well, now he's lined up at safety. He's the backup safety. But when you've got changes, and especially a, a Canadian here and a Deron Carter um, at safety, I think sending Janarian Grant deep uh, might be smart here or there. I'm not saying do it a lot, but you just wait for that opportunity, maybe set it up through the first half and then try to blow the top off the defense uh, as the game goes on. Chris, Niles Morgan was the Edmonton Elks' yeah. most outstanding rookie last season. He was their leading tackler, 66 defensive tackles. He also had seven, I believe, special teams tackles. He returns to the lineup on Friday night. That's a big re-addition for Chris Jones, who has spoken very, very highly of Niles yeah. Morgan as one of the most talented players on the Edmonton team. Well, they had Trey Watson, the guy they had picked up from Montreal, and he started. I think it's just like their whether four and one and four, so five. I think it's their fourth different middle linebacker playing at that mm -hmm. position right now. I know they're trying to find the guy to fit that. I think Niles Morgan could be that guy. But I want to talk about Deron Carter. I don't understand this. I don't know why. I mean, I know he's he's a great – listen, 
he still has one of the highlight catches ever in the CFL. Uh, an incredible talent, incredible. Mm-hmm. Dad, obviously NFL player. Um, but oh, I always wonder why. Yeah, why? I mean, I I can see sometimes putting him a safety because he can cover a lot of field. But I watched his interview and he was breathing. He said the only thing I'm really worried about because this is his first game. He had a fractured ankle in training camp, mm-hmm. so this is his first game playing. But I'm always looking at a, a Deron Carter and go, why is this guy not on offense? And maybe he will be. As you mentioned, DB, Chris Jones likes to line up everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so maybe Deron Carter will get some options at at uh, at uh, the receiver. I mean, Manny Arsenal, who's got a rebirth. He's got, you know, he's coming back. Kaleeb Holly came in Saskatchewan. He was okay for a year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the big addition for them, the highest paid receiver in the CFL, Kenny Lawler. Highest paid non-quarterback. Non-quarterback, well, 300-plus, man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, and, I mean, you know, Mike Jones, too, at uh, wide receiver, I think, is one uh, that that they like going to. But running back, okay, quickly, I've got to say what's up to Bailey. Everybody in the live chat giving me grief. What's going on, Bailey? You want to know when the shows are? We go Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. live here on YouTube.com slash Bonfire Sports. That's Bonfire Midweek, Tuesdays at 7.30. We go the day before the game with – this guy right here, the legendary Chris Walby, every week, the day before yeah. the game, live at 3 o'clock, and then post-game coverage, maybe 20, 30 minutes, somewhere around there after the game, right back here on Bonfire Sports. We got you covered uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the CFL. Um, the running back position, Chris, uh, yeah. is one that is interesting in Edmonton right now. Jamel Lyles, University of Manitoba product. Malik Irons, uh, a draft pick of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, just a yeah. few years ago, was in the same draft as Brady Oliveira. Yep. The Bombers went with Oliveira in the second round. Irons went in the third round to Hamilton. That could have been easily swapped the other way around. Um, neither of these players were members of the Edmonton Elks three weeks ago. I look at fullback uh, Milanovic Litra to be the guy they may go to the most. Uh, he has been able to be the main ball carrier for the Calgary Stampeders and for Edmonton this year. Uh, I think that's who Taylor Cornelius um, is going to rely on in the run yeah. game on Friday. Well, he's a big boy. I mean, uh, six feet, 230 pounds. He did a great job in Calgary. Uh, you know, I, I think that he could be the guy. Malik Irons was the guy, odd man out, obviously, in Hamilton. They released him. It didn't take... Uh, you know, a couple hours before Edmonton picked him up and brought him on, and he, now he's starting for them. It's interesting that they're going with two Canadian running backs as well, almost taking a page out of the Bombers and putting the imports somewhere else, the Americans, where they can be more effective. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they run that, get the running game. They got a they got a good offensive line. I mean, Mark Carte, David Beard. We talked about Lawler being the highest paid non-quarterback. Well, yeah. David Beard, yeah, center for uh, Edmonton, is the highest paid O lineman. Mm-hmm. And you would think it would be a guy like Stanley Bryant, you know, Jamarcus Hardrick, uh, you know, some of those guys. Yep. And yet David Beard is the highest, making almost, uh, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's around two and a half. So, yeah, boy, the times have changed where, you know, I would play for, you know, free pizza. So, <laughs> well, you, you look at that offensive line, they do have a lot of talent uh, in Washington, David Foucault, David Beard, as you mentioned, Mark Cordy, uh, University of Alberta product, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at right guard, also one of the highest paid uh, Canadian offensive linemen in the CFL. Uh, do you think we see Deron Carter on offense, Chris? Yeah, I do. You know, he's listed as safety. Like, how do. do you not use him at receiver? Well, you know, as I brought that up earlier, you know, DB, I just don't think he can utilize him. In a, in a, he's not a backup. First off, you're not dressing Deron Carter to be a third string safety. Come on, man. That's just, that's fodder. Um, you know, will, will they line him up against the guy? Will they put Deron Carter one-on-one at DB against Carlton Agadosi? You know, there's mm-hmm. so many matchups you can go with this, right? Deron Carter, you know, I remember the first game he played at DB, uh, he got an interception for a touchdown. So, I mean, he can play. He's a, listen, he's a gifted athlete. But to answer your question, no, I think he should be on offense. Uh, and then I see somebody did a great question here and said, who's going to be covering Kenny Lawler? Will it be Winston Rose? And and Danny, and Danny Donnie Boy, you know, that's a good question. I think they're going to look for matchups, definitely, to try and take advantage of things with Kenny Lawler. Remember this. Well, they, know, they know Kenny because Kenny's practiced here. 
for a number of years, but he also knows the Tennessee's are the cover guys. He knows mm-hmm. Winston. He was going against all these guys, whether it's Dietrich Nichols, whether it's Demario Houston or Nick Taylor. Well, uh, this, you know, this is this is what I matchup. this is what I see, Chris. You have Kenny Lawler at slot back. He'll work at wide receiver as well. Uh, to me, Winnipeg would be foolhardy if they didn't put Dietrich Nichols, who for my dollar is the best defensive back in the CFL, or Demario Houston, who has taken over that uh, boundary corner spot from Winston Rose. Okay. Um, you know what? I, I made a joke to uh, Dietrich Nichols as he was walking off the field at practice earlier this week. I said, Dietrich, when are they going to start throwing at you? His face lit up. He smiled, of course, you know, uh, joking a little bit. But teams have not targeted Dietrich Nichols. The man is a human tarp. He covers everything. Uh, I think Winnipeg um, wants to probably keep Nichols and Houston on the same side of the field as where Kenny yeah. Lawler is. But, but okay. Listen, I think Nichols, you, and, and I'm telling the Bomber fans, you get, you get used to watching this kid because he's going to get some NFL attraction next year. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, Demario Houston, yeah, he played okay, but he lucked out. Last week, Kamar Jordan, that was a touchdown. It was in his hands, a beautiful throw by Bo Levi Mitchell, and it bobbled out of his hands, and Demario was very fortunate that it was you know deflected up in the air and he got the interception. Very. It could have went the other way. We wouldn't be talking about that now, so... I'm, I think he's doing a great job, but I think he was very fortunate to get that interception off uh, off of Calgary last week. I mean, listen, not to go back to the game, but I'll say this. Calgary killed himself with penalties. The roughing the, the field goal guy on Mark Leggio, which would have had, you know, they missed the field goal, would have gave him, you know, Calgary would have had the ball, led down to a touchdown. Then you got the running back or the, the backup guy, I can't remember his name, they Powers, I think it's Powers or whatever. Anyway, the kid that run back the punt, touchdown. They get a holding penalty, fourteen okay, points. Swing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think you put it and you hit it on the head. You said it's one thing: you got to be lucky to be good and good to be lucky. The Bombers find a way to win, and that's what a winning team does. But I'll say this: don't look at Edmonton now as a free chip. I think Edmonton might surprise us. You know, they really want to try and change that culture in Edmonton at home. They want to get their first win, and like I said, since, well, I guess 2019, when you think about the year we missed with COVID. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing. And uh, listen, and again, I want to say, look, at, uh, yeah, he's right. And Donnie Boyer's right. We're talking about Mark uh, Leggio missing. But I don't. I think the only guy that hasn't missed a convert this year is Sean, the guy from BC, Sean White. Sean White. Yeah. I think Sean White's 100%. Renee Paradis. Something's up. Something's up. <laughs> yeah, Renee, Renee Paradis did not miss. A, I don't think he's missed an extra point either. He missed a field goal. So he had thirty in a row. That's a good question. But uh, listen, we do li- we do read your comments, and I know that some people are saying, "Ah, oh, you know that we're not acknowledging." Oh, yeah, we get it. We get involved in it. But I tell you what, there's no doubt we're all looking at the comments and appreciate the fact that you're filling in here, man, uh, and 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 giving us some feedback too, right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some people in the live chat, including uh, Jeff and T. Will and and some others, uh, wondering if this has the markings of a trap game. The debate uh, Zach Schnitzer and I had on Bonfire Midweek back on Tuesday night, Chris, was yeah. did the Blue Bombers win or did the Stampeders lose last Friday at IG Field? You just talked about those costly penalties. Yeah. You talked about Kamar Jordan popping that ball up for a game-ending interception to Demario Houston. Uh, Kamar Jordan like is a phenomenal receiver and still has tons left in the gas tank after going through some hellacious injuries in yes. his CFL career. But he had one catch on seven targets. Bo Levi Mitchell's numbers in Winnipeg were really bad. He was 43% passing. Um, he didn't turn the ball over, but he didn't need to because um, his receivers just couldn't catch the football. Um, it, it really was, well, he did turn the ball over, obviously that interception, yeah. uh, in garbage time. But, uh, the point I'm trying to make is Calgary made a lot of deadly errors. Winnipeg got beaten special teams. They did enough on offense. That's for sure. But defensively, if it wasn't for some of those penalties or, or some of those drops, uh, it easily could have been a very different tale told, and it could have been the Calgary Stampeders who were the last undefeated team remaining. So. This brings us to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers schedule. You've got in Edmonton this week, in yep. Calgary next Saturday, 
And then in Montreal on a short week from Saturday to Thursday, uh, going from Alberta to Winnipeg and to practice and then uh, to Montreal and Quebec and Eastern time zone. Um, One of these three games, you would think a team like the Blue Bombers who are very rock solid top to bottom, nobody goes undefeated. You know, it's never happened in the CFL. I believe the Edmonton uh, football team under... They were 15 and one, 15, one year. 15, one and one or something like that, right? 14, one and one. Uh, you know, maybe this is the trap game tonight. I think Edmonton has the talent to win. No yeah. way they're a better football team than Winnipeg. I don't think anybody is, frankly, can even hold a candle outside of Calgary and BC to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But could this be, or next week or the week after in this three-game road trip, uh, could it be in August with an L for the team that says it's for the W? You never know. And you know what? It's it's interesting. We can all speculate, you know, I'm obviously when I'm, you know, I think the odds are what seven and a half point bombers are favored right now uh, for the game at Edmonton. Then they go to Calgary in Calgary, very difficult place to win. I think Calgary's licking their chops. They're saying, you know what? They want revenge. They want to have another game against us. Uh, then you go to Montreal on a short week. Now I think the bombers, what they're going to do. And if I was Montreal or Winnipeg, what I do on a short week, if I'm playing Saturday, I might fly out, come watch film on Sunday and just fly out to Montreal and take and practice there for two days rather than Mm -hmm. it just, it it helps them get climatized to where they're playing. And uh, I know we used to do that and they practiced out East for a couple of days and it's a nice way for the team to bond as well. Uh, So that might happen, but yeah, you know what? Anybody can, I always said this. I don't think the bombers lose unless something happens tragic. And what I mean by tragic is, an unfortunate injury to a key guy. And there's only one guy that I worry about. And I listen, I think Drew Brown is a heck of a quarterback. I know Dakota Prukop is practicing again. He's still in the sixth game. But Zach's the man. Of course. In, uh, in his last two games, 600 yards passing, five touchdowns, no interceptions, 72% passing. And you talk about last week against Calgary, which has a pretty good defense. Uh, you know, he completed – I always look at this too, second down conversion. 59% for the Bombers, Calgary 24%. And the time of possession is not a crazy thing. The Bombers stay on the field. They did. They had like Cal- 37 Calgary minutes. Calgary scored quick. Calgary scored quick. Yeah. Can you fault a team for scoring quick? I understand no. like at the end no, of the no, game, no. that that number piles up and your defense is on the field a lot, which is tiring yeah. and it wears them down. It's not like Winnipeg had much of a run game to wear the team down. So maybe the, no. the time of possession did, but Calgary just scored quickly. That's why it was a one-score game. That's why it came down to an interception in the final minute in the end zone. This wasn't just a pick at midfield. Yeah. Bo threw a beautiful football. Kamar just couldn't come down good. with it. It could have been a very, very different football game. It was a great game to watch for me as a player, former player. I mean, I love when he got two good teams, two great quarterbacks. Listen, you know what? This could be the breaking out of you know uh, Taylor Cornelius. Uh, he didn't play He's much. He's got all the tools. He's got all six the five. And if you listen to Richie Hall, Richie Go, Richie Hall's made a comment that I was listening to his press conference. And he goes, you know, most of these guys that are six five, they're just they're basically like a statue back there. You know, they throw the ball, they, they plant their feet, they don't really move around, you know, from tackle to tackle. But I think this kid can utilize his legs, get around. He's got a good arm, got a great arm. But yeah, it's a cannon. You, you gotta get him, you have to get him some time, and he needs momentum. I mean, listen, they scored, what, I think 20 unanswered points against Montreal. And they came back to beat Montreal. Uh, and I, I'll be honest with you, if I'm looking at Montreal, I'm thinking, Montreal, you had every reason to win that football game. You just blew, couldn't cover. You got three PIs, the same guy. You kept giving a field position, but he, they took advantage of it. You got to give the team, they clawed back. That's the hope they're trying to build on right now, the momentum they're trying to build on against this Bomber team. Uh, it's going to be a tough challenge for Edmonton. Listen. If I'm a betting, if I'm betting and I gotta bet my house, I ain't betting on Edmonton. No offense. Don't to, bet your house. Oh. Don't bet your house. I'm not I don't have house. I don't have room for you here. I know. As long as you got a stock fridge, we're good, brother. Well, yeah, you can stay here during daylight hours, but then you gotta go. Then you gotta go. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking oh. of betting your house, don't bet your house. But we are now an official affiliate partner of Sports Interaction, a Canadian casino and sports book. What you do is you hit this. Uh, link right here, exclusive link for us here at Bonfire Sports. And for you, sia.com slash bonfire. If you go there, you sign up. 
make a minimum deposit. I think it's $20. Uh, you're going to get a beautiful bonus. All the details will be there. Uh, and then you help support us here at Bonfire Sports. Which is great. They have got great futures, props bets, uh, game bets, money line bets. Uh, what I love about Sports Interaction, Chris, is if you have a money line bet and your team loses by three points exactly, it's a wash. You get your bet back. So uh, go check them out, sia.com slash bonfire, uh, and help support us here and uh, keep bringing you uh, free content here on Bonfire Sports. Um, it's, it's, go ahead, man. I'm just try, I'm trying to read Friesen's takes your gold. Chris, bet your 24-inch pythons on Al Quinn. Listen, I got to go get some my I have to go get some medicine. And so you say, why? Because these pythons are sick, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, like I love that. it. Well, that, that's why I can't get you one of these shirts, Chris. You'll just tear through it. Well, where is Yeah, where is my? Never mind that. That's, that's for another day, another conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, feeling, thanks to the love, brother. Not feeling the love. <laughs> thanks to uh, Bailey and everybody who has subscribed. Uh, Get down below the video. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe. If you ring the bell, I had somebody reach out to me today and say, I don't know when the shows are. I'm subscribed and I don't get to watch them live. If you ring the bell, you'll get a notification on your phone when we're live. But you all know when we're live. Tuesday, 730, day before the game at 3 o'clock, and then live as well after the game for game day after dark. Uh, it's it's going to be a really fun game in Edmonton, Chris. Um, you know, with no Greg Ellingson and with no Jackson Jeffcoat, I think Winnipeg will be okay. But will the run game be okay? They just can't seem to get it going. What do you see as the problem there? Is it Brady wow. Oliveira? Is it Johnny Augustine? Is it the offensive line? Is it the play calling? What no, is missing? No, it's got nothing to do with play calling. I, you know what? I know that people are saying, is it a talent level? Because obviously Andrew Harris, you watch what he did when he played against Toronto against us. He's, you know, he's, I think what, we should give him a little, uh, uh, little uh, perk right now. I think he's like 70 something yards away for becoming a 10,000 yard rusher, yep. uh, which is great for him. He's a great football player, great ambassador for CFL. So we wish him all the best in that. But yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. You know, I, I know we ask this all the time. I think what Brady had and I, like nine carries for eight yards last week. Uh, zero point something. Yeah, right there. Right there. Nine for eight. Uh, and then Johnny. And then Johnny. Johnny starts to get a little bit more carries now. We're starting to see that. 4.7, not a bad average. You know what I mean? Yeah. Over the last three games, they're about even. Like two or yeah. three carries difference between the two. But Brady's having a tough time. He's having a really, really tough time this year. His average is extremely low. He just can't seem to get going. You have to remember, last season, Andrew Harris injured in training camp. Brady had a 100-yard rushing game. I think he had 111 yards in week one last year. This offensive line, no, it it doesn't have Drew Desjardins and an absolute powerhouse brick wall on the left side like it did last season. No knock on Jeff Gray, but it's just not Drew Desjardins next to Stanley Bryant. Um, But they can't seem to get him going. Johnny Augustine, his average has been okay. Is it time the Blue Bombers move exclusively to Johnny Augustine as their ball carrier? I think that's a great question. I mean, really, I think it's a confidence thing right now. I think Brady's so tired of hearing about it. I think, you know, the, the old line is tired of hearing about it. Uh, I think when they work together, I mean, obviously, you can say Jeff Gray, you got Chris Kolnowski uh, playing at safe at center, who's doing, I think, a really good job. Uh, you know, yeah, there's some there's some continuity there. They've got to get a little bit more. Uh, I think they need to. It's funny. I was talking to my doctor the other day, and he goes, "I don't see any pops. I don't see much popping in there." You know what I mean? I go, "Yeah, you know, you never know, right?" But then Mike Kelly, the old offensive uh, head coach. So Mike Kelly popped into my house yesterday, and uh, the Mike wrote, Kelly, yeah, the Mike Kelly okay. man, and he goes, "Whatever happened to down blocks? Whatever happened to the counters?" You know what I mean? You pull a backside guard and tackle, you lead them around through the hole, the down blocks, which means your tackle comes down and hits that defensive tackle and you do an X block and you lead the fullback up for the running back. I mean, you're right. It's it's a different game now. And I think you hit it or you said, somebody said, they do a lot of zone blocking now. Yeah. And zone is great. It means you take the guy that's in, you take a different color. That's You just go that way. But if you get one guy or two guys in the same hole, then you got to make sure you're all on the same page. You let one guy go free. It kills your play. So it's really interesting how they have to do that. But I think that Brady might have a day to maybe tomorrow. Listen, Edmonton has given up a lot of points. 
They give up an average of 140 yards rushing a game. 140. So if ever there's a game, DB, for this bomber offense to get the game running again, I think it's tomorrow. That's my point right there, baby. Hey! Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I saw the zone run game really become established when Bob Wiley was here in Winnipeg yeah. and, and Paul Police obviously bringing Bob Wiley to Winnipeg yeah. once again. Uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, Costello, uh, their Marty Costello, yeah, yeah, their uh, their offensive line coach who really learned under Bob Wiley yeah. has kind of kept that same system and it's been fantastic. Like it's 2022, and for the last three four years, we've been talking about the Blue Bombers having the best offensive line in the CFL. I don't know if that's the case anymore. The Calgary Stampeders' offensive line is incredibly impressive to watch. Kadeem Carey and that offensive line—they can just kind of like pound the rock, and and they'll get three yards, even if the opposing defense knows it's coming. It blew my mind back on yeah. Friday, Chris, that Calgary threw the football. In that goal line stand, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were able to keep him out. You remember the one where yeah, um, yeah. Reggie Bagleton and Malik Henry kind of collided yeah. on the near end zone yeah. um, or the near sideline in the end zone? Like, I don't know why they didn't go to Kadeem Carey. I have heard that he went to the sidelines to like catch his breath or get checked out for something. He didn't miss any of the game, but he might have missed that goal line. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Series, you know, right? Aaron, that's, that's interesting because he averaged 9.2 carries, 9.2 yards a carry, and they had some big runs. And it was interesting to listen to whoever was asking the questions to defense coordinator Richie Hall saying, explosion plays. You know, and he goes, yeah, listen, uh, any run over 10 yards, and we, we were a little different than the CFL. Anything over 15 in a pass is an explosion play to us. But it was huge chunks, right? Like, yeah, but, he, but that's why he's, he's kind of said, "Hey." And then I saw him. He goes, "Hey, listen, uh, I'll be that, whatever that is. It's about the W. You know what sure. I mean? It's all about the win and coming down." Yeah. But having said that, yeah, I, I get that. But like, Kadeem Carey had a run of twenty-seven. He had a run yeah. of twenty-nine. Reggie Bagleton had a catch for forty-five yards. Malik Henry had a catch for twenty-four yards. Luther Hakunavanu had a catch for eighteen yards. Jordan, his one catch went for 15 yards. Kadeem Carey had another catch in addition to his two big runs for 13 yards. It was chunk, chunk, chunk. And that's why Winnipeg dominated the time of possession. Calgary yeah. just moved the ball when they wanted to. Yeah. No, Bo Levi's numbers were not good. But well, this was pretty much a tied football game and, and should have been an overtime game had Kamar Jordan pulled in that ball in the end zone. Great comment here from longtime CFL personnel man and scout Craig Smith. What's going on, Craig? Thanks for joining us again, hey, man, as you hey, so man, often Craig. do. Talking well. about the run game. Used See to be it's... the ISO, power, counter. Yeah. Now it's inside zone and outside zone. So it's different. Yeah. Great, I, great I don't know if they'll go back Craig. to pulling guys. You know, well, you got to do that. I mean, you're, at, you're, you're these, listen, your old fives and linemen are, are, are very, they're just not little statues out there. They're not like, you know, you know, big, they, they got, footwork you have to have a great footwork as an o-line and i think these guys can do that i'd like to see some counters i'd like to see some turn back protection we used to call red and blue i'd like to see some down block uh you know mixing zone i'm no i'm okay with zone i'm okay with it but don't make a to me i think it's tough when you have a steady diet of one thing because mm -hmm. to me defenders now the defense corner you kind of know what they're going to give you and it's easier to you know to, to, to uh, you know to, to defend to, to kind of look at what their tendencies might be uh, you know, it's funny you talk to Craig. Craig Smith's a hell of a guy, and I, I see him on Facebook all the time. He's got his dog there, and uh, he's a healthy guy. I'm happy to hear he's, he's gone through some issues health-wise. It's nice to see him up there doing well. Wish him the best. He's a great guy. Uh, listen, we're going to talk about the run game, and I, but having said that, and, I, and I'm, I'm really saying this too, Darren, if there's ever a game to break out your run game, is tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, if after this week we go to Edmonton and we can't run the ball again, then somehow we have to look at that and say, okay, there's got to be something going on because this is obviously uh, maybe more of a problem than we're making it out to be. And we're not making it out to be a problem right now. We're just saying we're questioning, questioning. We don't, we're not coaches. We're not in the playbook. I'm not going against Buck Pierce. I'm not going against any of those guys. We're just trying to say, hey, when it used to be, such a big part of our offense with Andrew Harris or whoever else, you know, ran the ball. It doesn't seem to be a major factor with us now. Yeah. 
no, just no, no, du- no doubt about that. Uh, gotta say what's up to everybody in the live chat. Got Milt, waiters, uh, Jeff. Uh, who said hello? It was Alan. What's going on, Alan? Thanks for joining us. I haven't seen you in here before, so thanks for joining us uh, know, on right. Bonfire Sports. Bailey, who is recovering from being sick, uh, loving the sports talk to help them uh, get through. What's the hotline? It's right here. 816-TIPS. 816-8477. You can call, leave a voicemail. You can text. Uh, we will read them on the show. I love doing this in the post game. Uh, if you leave a voicemail, like during the game, you got good passion, you got a good take, you got a question, you got a comment, whatever it is, uh, we'll play it on the show. Um, and then obviously you can text uh, anytime. But of course, as always, uh, standard message rates apply, just like when you text your mama. So if you don't get charged when you text your mom, you won't get charged when you text uh, 816 tips. Um, one, one thing that is, is interesting to me, Chris, is the conversation is already starting to happen uh, of who is the CFL MOP front runner. And right now, you know, you could say Greg Ellingson, you could say Nathan Rourke, you could say Adam Bighill, or maybe a Kadeem oh. Carey. Or I would say it's fair right now, the front runner to be Zach Kolaris. Yeah, you li- listen, Ellingson is recipient of Zach. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if we don't have a guy throwing a ball and, and, you know, reading the same things that uh, Del Ellingson is doing down the field, I mean, this is not a, this is not a factor. Listen, having a great year, and I, I, he's a pace to set a record for most catches and most yards that he's had in a long time. Obviously, misses the game might hurt those stats, but saying that, Zach has just been on fire. He's 72%. Uh, you know, he's got, I was looking at this one stat that was really cool as a quarterback, uh, in here he is 20 plus yards. He's 17 of 34, six touchdowns, two interceptions, 50%, the highest in the CFL. He makes things happen. We watch him and then we're not even talking about his ability to escape. And it's interesting to talk to everybody. Now they're saying, we got to keep him in the pocket now. Because he makes so many dang plays on the out. Yeah. Well, is that sustainable, right? Is it sustainable to have Zach Kolaris be flushed out of the pocket as often? He could take a big hit. He could find himself in, in a tough spot. Um, it works, you know, in, in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. Unbelievable uh, body control and yeah. vision downfield. The, just the instincts. Uh, the football IQ and and the yeah. vision to make those things happen w- was wildly impressive. Uh, oh. That was a real coming out party. And it was like, Nathan Rourke? Yeah, good player. Very That's impressive not, first year as a starter. But yeah. look at Zach Kolaris. He he can make it happen. On, right? man. Listen, I think Nathan Rourke's going to be a star in this league. And he might he might end up on the, on the other side of the border. But having said that, I'm not lighting the candles on his cake yet. I think right mm-hmm. now for me, it's Zach. Uh, you know, that guy, that, uh, Mahomes, Mahomes, if you watch the NFL and the Kansas city chiefs, you see how he throws sidearm sometimes to avoid the rush. I mean, he, he got arms up. He goes under their arms in the defensive lineman. That was Zach. His sidearm throw to Dalton shown in the end zone was phenomenal. And that just showed yeah. me, uh, he's right now at the top of his game. Uh, listen, no, this is no offense. To anybody like Bo-, Bo Levi would be considered in there. Uh, you, you know, he's a, he's a great quarterback. Uh, I think that you have, like you say, Nathan Rourke, but Nathan Rourke is still an up and comer. Uh, I watched his interview yesterday. He's a very confident young man. They've had the weirdest schedule anyway. They have a game, they have a bye. They have a game, they have a bye. Uh, they're healthy. I know Lucky Whitehead is back. He's healthy. Uh, he has a tendency to make things happen. It'll be very interesting to see how he plays. I believe they're playing Hamilton. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty sure about that. But mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, to me right now, you got to be saying Zach again, the way he's playing right now, the things he's doing, uh, the way he's leading this team, like you said, and for a team that's not running the ball well, he's throwing the ball magic. I mean, he's all over. He gets rid of that ball quick. So his yeah. pre-snap read, and he's on the same page as a receiver, which is great. His receivers see the same thing he does. Whether it's zone, they find it, come back, find a hole. It's manverge. They're running crossing routes. He's coming back in the middle. They do such great things. And we haven't seen him do a lot of what about screens? Have you seen a screen for a while? I haven't seen a shovel pass for a while. When's the last well, time I saw a draw? I haven't seen a draw the, for a while. 
the draw for sure. I, I've seen screens. I've seen a little bit of yeah, the, the, the shovel. Oh, oh, pardon me. You see your back door screen. Right. Well, uh, you know, we'll see what Buck Pierce has cooked up in Edmonton. You, you mentioned that they're really struggling. The Elks are against the run. Um, we'll see if it's a little bit more balanced than it has been uh, as of late. Uh, just to kind of wrap the conversation on the CFL MOP, uh, right now, odds are Nathan Rourke is the favorite when it comes to the sports books. Uh, and I believe you can find this on Sports Interaction as well. Uh, and then Cody Fajardo and Zach Kolaris are tied with the same odds, the second best odds for CFL MOP. Uh, Bruce, I agree with you. We probably should be talking about um, uh, MOP come October. I, I think yeah. you're, you're definitely early. right there. But you can put a little sprinkle on who you think will win CFL MOP. Plain and simple, Mark, to, to answer your question, how has Cody Fajardo got the same odds as Zach Kalaris? Well, it's Ryderville. People are going to bet yep. because yeah. Cody Fajardo has good odds. Is it the reality? No. Sports books set things because they feel the public will more likely bet or less yeah. likely bet on whatever based on those odds. And it's all a game, right? You got to know how to play it and you got to know uh, to play it smart. Yeah. And Cody's got an injury right now. He's playing with a bad wheel on his uh, knee. He's got the brace. Now they're talking Ryderville of sitting him out for a week just to try and let him rest because they know down the stretch they're going to need him. Number seven is a great quarterback. Listen, I like Cody Fitzgerald. I'm a big fan of his. But he is playing in a, one of the hot spots, much like Montreal for the Montreal Canadiens, where the fans are so passionate. And they get angry if things don't turn out. Cody Fitzgerald, who was the, uh, you know, basically the poster child for greatness in Saskatchewan, has all of a sudden fallen right down. He went from the penthouse to the outhouse. You know, they're all like Automo, and it's it's crazy how they turned. Uh, so, yeah. I, again, I wish him the best. I hope his knee's okay, but it'll be interesting to see. I don't even know if he's one of the guys. They have not identified which of the players have had these COVID-19 symptoms, so it'll be interesting to see. Right. That. But, well, there's, yeah. there's, re there's reports just a few minutes ago that Cody Fajardo uh, not on the field for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders oh, at practice today. But speaking of availability of players, Chris, let's quickly go through the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, injured list right now. It has been growing. It, it uh, you know, is, is not in good shape. Uh, but the fact the Blue Bombers are still winning, despite being without some of their incredible stars, uh, says a lot. So we've talked about Greg Ellingson and Jackson Jeffcoat, both listed as hip injuries. They're on the one-game injury list. Ricky Walker, uh, defensive tackle, is the healthy scratch this week. Brandon Alexander, he's at practice every day, working with the guys, but not in a physical capacity. He's running. I haven't seen him do too much change of direction work yet, but I would say he is nearing a return but I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think it's going to be in the next few weeks uh, at all. Uh, Jesse Briggs, Michael Couture, Nick Dembski, three Canadians there, uh, well, Noah Hallett as well, uh, that are on the six-game injury list. When it comes to Couture, uh, I saw him snapping at practice this week. Uh, does have a cast on his left arm. That's not his snapping arm. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking he might be somebody who could come back uh, a little bit sooner rather than later. Nick Dembski, no casts, no crutches, nothing major like that. Very likely a soft tissue issue with him. Say that five times fast. Um, but uh, on the sixth game and being a high salary player, probably going to remain on the, the entirety of the sixth game. So I think he's about halfway through that. Jesse Briggs is nearing a return. He has been practicing, uh, which players on the sixth game are able to do after they've completed four weeks uh, on the sixth game. Mercy Maston, very likely done for the year. Brendan O'Leary-Orange just placed on the sixth game last week. That's why we saw Carlton Agadosi get into the lineup against Calgary. Dakota Prukup, the Blue Bombers' backup quarterback, is back practicing. He played week one, was injured. I found him to be extremely effective, Chris. I think you'd agree Sorry, with me there. Sorry, uh, he's back practicing and could be in once again. Um, very dynamic skill set uh, beyond throwing the football for uh, Dakota Proof yeah. up. And then Kyrie Wilson, uh, Drew Richmond, um, not sure if we will see them uh, this season either. So there's a little bit of a, an injury recap for Bomber Nation. Yeah, and, I, and Bruce Martell had a great comment here. And again, thanks for the comments, guys. 
And uh, you're right. Uh, I think the uh, Janarian Grant, the, the uh, jet sweep or the uh, slot back sweep, I think is a great, great way to utilize him, much like to use Dembski before. Janarian Grant, you got to remember, he's such good in the open field. Uh, he can break tackles. He's. I watched him on the punt return last week, and he must have broke about five or six tackles. Tough little guy. Uh, and so I, I agree. That's a great comment. I think that uh, that's a, a, a really good way to utilize a guy with that kind of speed. Yeah, I love this comment from uh, from Chris Vermette, who's watching live on YouTube. I think Jeremy O'Day, of course, <laughs> general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, he's got Michael Bishop on standby. Yeah, keep him on speed dial. You need a quarterback and a pinch. Uh, yeah. Few better uh, to join a team suddenly and then get into the lineup uh, is the absolute God, um, Godzilla-armed Michael you know, Bishop. You know, Have you ever seen know. somebody throw the football like him? It was crazy. I tell you what, I I, I read somewhere a while back that, uh, they, and I'm making a joke about bringing Darian Durant back, the last guy to lead him to a great cup. Uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, it just tells you the importance of that guy, the signal caller. Uh, he's the, you know, the straw that stirs a drink. He's a spoke of the wheel. I mean, you, if you don't have a good quarterback, I don't care how good a team you have. It's very tough to win the tight games, uh, especially as we get into colder weather where, now we're going to bring it to the running game again. I don't want to talk about the running game again, but because we beat that to death, the shit. So I'm just like, I, I just think it's so important to have a guy. And I'm, when I'm watching a guy like Zach Kalaris, he's played, what, he's 23 and two since I was a bomber. He's 23 and one in meaningful games. He took a loss in that game where they dressed a bunch of backups in Calgary. They already had first place wrapped up in 2021. So, 23 and one in meaningful games. He was pulled in the first quarter of that game. The fact that he gets the L there is a little bit ridiculous, but uh, yeah, like, that's what happens. Guy, guy has guy just frankly doesn't lose in Winnipeg. It, it's unbelievable. Well, and then you look at uh, the Bombers. They have not, they've beat uh, Edmonton the last four games. They were six to one in the last seven games in, in Edmonton. Uh, if everything I look at the stats, the, the yards, they give up passing uh, the defense average and giving up 30 almost 37 points a game the bombers 17 uh you know the rushing i talked already uh, the bombers give up 74 yards rushing on average and edmonton 140 uh, if i look at every stat and i and i know i get on you about stats because they drive me crazy because stats don't tell a whole story you got more but, stats than me bluto you know what it's crazy i'm i'm, I'm also I'm, i must be drinking some db kool-aid because sure uh, i'm starting to, i'm starting to look at these things saying well maybe there's a little rhyme to this reason i don't i don't know but well, it's okay I mean, that if you're drinking the DB Kool-Aid, I'm just steering away from the Walby's moonshine that I got in my top cabinet. That was good stuff, that stuff. I'll tell you right now. That's good. I, I have to I gotta get a, in a bottle. That was Charles Roberts in a bottle right there. Holy cow. I, I, I want to say something too. It's really interesting. I'm gonna just before we go, because it's already what time we're going, but um my my wife just got back from Germany. And here listen to this. So her brother-in-law, Michael Steiner, and Vera's uh, sister Nanny. Listen to our podcast in Germany. Isn't that cool? Very cool. Said, yeah, they, they watch it. They, they and they're not really big football freaks because they're more soccer out there. But he, he loves the uh, the way we talk and he loves the other uh, game. And obviously, I'm a brother-in-law, but still, I think it's cool that he's watching and listening to our podcast all the way in Germany and over Germany. So oh, God bless you that? there. Uh, well, I look at I look at the numbers and it's been growing every single week. Big thanks to everybody out there who has been supporting, hitting the like button, subscribing, joining the live chat, downloading the podcast. We appreciate you guys so very much. Uh, we got listeners and viewers in the United States, in Germany, in Ukraine, um, in the Scandinavian countries, uh, frankly, all over. Um, so, you know, Hanover, Germany, that's awesome. Shout out to uh, everybody who's watching. Um, yeah, and I, I'm with uh, I'm with Phyllis. I love Chris Walby's stories as well. Uh, Phyllis, God bless you. And you know what? It's it's great. And I love Jeff's cables. Uh, I bet the Walby Moonshine comes with a warning label. Yeah, it does. It Do does. not open. Do not open, or you'll regret it in the morning. And no, it'll sting your just just like holding the bottle. You pop the top, and your yeah. eyes are like, ah, am I oh, chopping onions? Stuff, What's yeah. going on here? Oh, uh, baby. Okay, so it's the two. It's the two and four Elks, the six and O Bombers live on TSN coast to coast yeah. on Friday night. It's going to be a really, really entertaining game, Chris, for a variety of reasons, expecting new names and new players in the lineup to make an impact. What are yeah. your keys to the game? And 
what it will take for the Blue Bombers to move to 7-0 and on the season. You know when they say uh, when you're at, when the cart's running right, there's no need to fix it or something like that? Like, I just think the Bombers, I would really like, and I know we've been beating this to death, DB. I really like to see Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine have a breakout day on the football because I think it's going to take a lot of pressure off them. I think it's a confidence thing right now. I think they need to get that, you know, that feeling where they know they can actually do that and be dominant running the game. I think it helps the O-line because the O-line can be aggressive. They don't have to sit back and pass pro all day. Even though they're doing a great job doing that, giving, uh, you know, Zach time. And on defense, listen, you got a newcomer here. Uh, you know, Taylor Cornelius. Yeah, he lucked out last week with three pass interference calls. That ain't going to happen against this secondary. So, I mean, change up your looks. I think Richie Hall is going to go up there, confuse him, throw a bunch of different looks at him right now. Bombers are going to have a bunch of turnovers tomorrow. They lead the league in turnovers, I believe. Uh, and, and Edmonton leads the league in giving the ball away. So, to me, I think it's just one of those things where you just try and confuse Taylor Cornelius. Keep him in the pocket. Don't let him beat you with his legs. Uh, and I think we have a great shot to go 7-0. and And I don't know when the last time we went. Oh, yeah, I guess it would be 62, 1960. Yeah. Because they went 1960, 10-0. Yeah. Uh, they went 10-0, and, and that was 62 years ago. Uh, and they won the cup that year. Unbelievable. Yeah, I believe they won the cup that year, too. So And that, was, and that was their last, I think that was the last cup win until yeah. your team in 1984. That was, uh, yeah, it was. And actually, that was Kenny Plain, I believe. Kenny Plain and uh, all those legends out there. Kenny Plain uh, yeah. quarterbacked uh, the Blue Bombers to six Grey Cups at four yeah. wins in six games, six Grey Cup games in a 10-year span. Uh, the first one, he was not the starting quarterback, but the rest he was. What yeah. a legend. Like, for, for people out there that don't realize, this guy right here, Chris Walby, you were the first oh. name to go up in the CF or in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Ring of Honor. Number two, Kenny Plain. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, a young, I, a, a I young strapping lad from North Winnipeg was the first one to go something. up. When I was in, uh, we had an alumni meeting, and so all the guys were in there, like old and you know, all the guys from past Kenny played, all these guys that are played uh, bombers. If you're still on the right side of the ground, you go to this meeting, and uh, they told me there, uh, you know, Wade Miller said you're going to be the first guy, and I actually said no, I don't want to be the first guy. I want, I want Kenny Plain to be the first guy. And they said to me, no, we've uh, we've all talked about it. We want you in there. And, and I said, hey, listen, I'm honored. But in my uh, in my eyes, the greatest guy to ever played, one of the best ambassadors for Winnipeg, for CFL, and football in general is the man, Mr. Kenny Plane. And that's just how yeah. I feel. I mean, I'm so and much he, for the guy. No, no question. He, he was a special, special player. You know, played DB. He punted. He quarterbacked. Uh, yeah. He did so many great different guy. things. And, and, and what's amazing, too, is that, you know, he, he had NFL offers. He was like, I think he finished third uh, in Heisman voting. And I think it was yeah. Paul Hornung, the golden boy Paul Hornung of yeah. uh, the Green Bay Packers Green Bay who Packers. won um, won the Heisman that year. So, like, you know, if you're going to lose the Heisman to somebody, how about that guy? Um, but he played Came to Canada, stayed here. Chris, Kenny Plain has over 20 grandchildren in Manitoba. Like, that's how big the family has become through wow. those 60 years. Well, I, I just know that uh, back in those days, when they used to, you know, they all practiced at the Packer plant in St. Boniface, that the guys coming here from the NFL were getting more money in the CFL than they were in the NFL. Uh, yep. You know, you can make a living here, but they also gave you jobs here. So a lot of you guys worked in a plant, Packer plant. They always yeah, took care of you. Yeah, uh, and that's did. a crazy thing. And then the NFL, obviously, we're not, we're not even in the same realm anymore. Uh, you know, it's basically, uh, you know, probably five to one. I mean, when you get an offensive lineman now who are in the old days used to drive me nuts. and used to say, well, they're not skilled. You know, they're just fat guys, on you know, with legs. And, you know, the weirdest thing about that is now these guys, especially the backside tackle like Stanley Bryant, they're usually the second highest paid guy on that team. Right. And NFL making millions, seven million, eight million a year. I mean, it's crazy. But you know what? It's, I just love the fact they recognize the importance of O line and, and what it means to a good team. If you don't have the guys on both sides of the trenches, D line and O line, you're not going to win many football games. So that was my, there's my two bits there. How about this comment from Larry Ward? Kenny Plain was an all-star at defensive back the year Jim Van Pelt was yes. the great cup winning quarterback for the Blue Bombers. Uh, 1958, I think, 57? Yeah. And, and condolences to the family of uh, Jim Van Pelt. I believe he just passed away recently. So, yeah, another legend gone too soon. Yeah, no, we're so fortunate here in Winnipeg to have, um, you know, just a historic 
um, you know, uh, celebrated uh, legendary team in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, and, and the way things are going right now, the legend continues, right? Uh, with how good this team has been under Kyle Walters and Michael Shea and, uh, you know, the CEO, Wade Miller, it really is something. Um, you know, Chris, uh, maybe we'll wrap the show with this comment uh, from probably the most notorious commenter. Maybe not notorious. I'll give that to Friesen. But uh, uh, one of the, the funniest commenters we have, uh, and that's Waiters27. Chris Walby needs a street named after him in Winnipeg. Change Gateway or Raleigh? Uh, I would say you read about the history of Bishop Grandin. I think it should be renamed Chris Walby Parkway. Well, no, I'll be honest with you. It's funny you say that because I know my kids got when, uh, you know, they won the cup and they made Andrew Harris and uh, I think it was uh, Nick Dempsey. He got streets named from out in, uh, where they went by uh, Oak Park. And well done. Well-deserved. But, you know, my best one of my best buddies, he he gave me a, a sign and he put it at my lake in my driveway. It's called Wobbly Way. And that, to me, is a street <laughs> that I got named after me. So I'm good with that, fellas. But I do appreciate the common waiters. Uh, maybe someday when I'm, you know, up in heaven playing catch with the big man upstairs, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I, I got a good feeling about things. Uh, hey, thanks to everybody. Uh, awesome time in the live chat. Uh, if you're Beautiful. watching or listening to this after, be sure to give us a like and a subscribe. We appreciate that a lot. And then I'm going to put this up one more time. Uh, as an official affiliate of Sports Interaction, this is what you want to do. Go to sia.com slash bonfire, sign up, uh, make your minimum deposit. You'll get a nice bonus. Uh, and then you help support me, this guy right here, Zach Schnitzer, uh, and everybody here at Bonfire. Sports. I need uh, money. I can't afford sleeves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, well, you had I, to fix a, and I want to get a, a bonfire today. shirt. Where's my bonfire shirt? I'm going to have to sew two. Doesn't sound like a crybaby? Where's my bonfire shirt? <laughs> well, you can be a little bit of a crybaby. You weren't during your playing day. So we'll, we'll no, give I it was, to you. Yeah. But anyway, you know what? Listen, thank you to all the sponsors. As you say, all the guys jumping on board. We say this every week just before we close out. There's got to be somebody out there, some microbrewery who just wants to tie in with us. Mm -hmm. Get on board, boys, because uh, we'll definitely give you a lot of pump and a lot of love. So yeah, no question. I'm, I'm thirsty, too. It's been some hot summer days here uh, in southern yeah, Manitoba. Beautiful weather. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody, enjoy the game. Live post-game coverage right here on Bonfire Sports. Tuesday night at 7.30. We'll get the midweek going. And then, Chris, you and I, we got a couple more games uh, coming up here before we get a break in week 11. Uh, but, uh, yeah. hey, should, should be a good one uh, in the City of Champions where the two-time defending champs will go to try to move to 7-0. 7 and 0. Oh, my fingers are messed up. Never mind. That, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was my attempt at 7. Uh, okay, never mind. Anyway, God bless you guys. Go blue. See you later, man. I got to go to the, the parents now for uh, Vera's parents for dinner. So, you guys Enjoy. have a great one. Always a pleasure, DB. God bless you guys. Love you all. And bye. I'm leaving.